message behind it is still true. So please uh, just sit back and uh, watch this and take it in.
The reading is John chapter 20, beginning at verse 24 and concluding at verse 31. In the Pew Bible, it starts on page 1089. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God, then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Thank you, Nigel. I'm just going to invite uh, Pastor Mark up, if he would, just to pray for me before just bring something of what I feel like God wants to challenge us with, say to us this evening. Let's pray. Father, as we sit under the authority of your word, we pray for your servant that he may know the anointing of your spirit, that he may be endowed with power from on high to speak words that are not just his, but that indeed we'll be able to say we have heard from you tonight. So Lord, for Tim, we pray now a fresh anointing, a fresh enabling, that there might be power in proclamation. And for each one of us, we pray for receptive hearts and minds, that we may faithfully receive that which you would speak to us through your servant. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Me and Mark have started trying to colour code ourselves uh, as we 
do stuff. It's not true. Uh, I love Easter. I have always been drawn to it. I think as a child it was largely chocolate, if I'm honest. Uh, But as I've grown older, I've grown to fall in love with it. It's kind of in there as part of the small print of Christianity that we have to particularly enjoy this time of year and focus in on it. But more than that, there's something about the collection of characters, the people that interplay in this story that I'm drawn to. As the video said, we have this focus on a collection of different people, one of them being Barabbas. It raises that question, do we think he was just there because the Romans plucked him from prison to use alongside Jesus? Or was he there very really and very deliberately because God wanted him to play a part in the story, to be a part of what was going on? I think we can all conclude Barabbas is a part of this to remind us that we all need saving. All of us have reason to be heading towards the cross, and yet all of us benefit from the sacrifice Jesus made. So I want you to consider for a moment, in the whole of the Easter story, who you feel like you would be. I'm taking Jesus off the table. I don't feel like that's fair of any of us to choose him. But who is there in the Easter story that you can relate to? Who is there in the Easter story that you can align your life with? We engage with all these different people, see all these different people interact. Who is it? Who is it that you can relate to? As I said, Barabbas plays a key part. I think all of us in many ways can relate to him. So that realization of our shortfallings and that desperate need for Jesus to step into the gap for us. But I want us to pick up on this closing line of the video. Jesus is enough. Wonderfully, articulately put in the video. But I want to ask a very difficult question. The claim is, Jesus is enough. The question I want to ask is, is he? Me and Mark this week hadn't particularly discussed how this morning and this evening would go, and yet his message this morning seemed in line with where maybe God wants to nudge us. The question I want to ask us is, is he? Now, difficult question to ask in church, because we have the Christian answer, which is yes. So we feel like we've got the right answer. This is a good start. The other part of you will wonder if it's a trick question. You're trying to read around what I've said now and work out, is there something he's doing here? Is this one of those no-win situations? But what I want is for you to answer in your own heads, honestly. Is Jesus enough? As exciting as the video was, as passionate as Judah got, the visuals and the feeling that that crafted inside of us as we watched it, as much as it may have moved us, it's ended. The video is done. When tonight finishes, when we finish teas and coffees afterwards, we'll head home. 
We'll move away from each other, from church, from the video, from everything that I'm saying. At that point, is Jesus enough? We'd like to think that the answer is easy. We'd like to think that it's a fairly straightforward answer. Is Jesus enough? Well, quite clearly, Jesus is enough. But when we probe a little deeper and when we begin to engage with this passage, I think we can conclude it's not as simple as yes. It's not as simple as yes sometimes. In verse 25, we read this response from Thomas. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. First of all, I'm, say, I'm concluding Thomas wasn't expecting to see Jesus again. Because I'm not voluntarily sticking my hand in the side of someone that's been dead for three days. So we can conclude from this, Thomas isn't just being clever. Thomas genuinely has reservations about whether Jesus is enough. We play up to it, don't we? Thomas, ye of little faith, poor Thomas, doubting. We make a thing of the character of the moment. But as I put this together, I've concluded in the Easter story, I think I'm probably most like Thomas. I think my reality is that I'm like Thomas. The reason I say this is because I go about my day today believing that Jesus is enough. But occasionally my actions suggest I'm not sold on it. I understand where Thomas is coming from. I understand it and I get it. For those of you that have been around, we've had a prayer room running for three days. An amazing space, a wonderful opportunity to spend time with God. And I'm in there and I'm pleading with God praying for some very real things for people I care about. And I pray, and I want to see results, like Thomas. I want to see these things happening. But then somewhere within me, a little bit of doubt creeps in. So I rein in my prayers. Maybe, maybe healing is a bit audacious, God, so let's just pray for the surgeons. Actually, we'll pray for the surgeons, and we'll just pray for peace, because we can't gauge peace. Peace is okay because, well, I can just say that it was peaceful. So I begin to reign in my prayers. I begin to become Thomas in that prayer space. I begin to conclude that unless I see it, unless I begin to feel something, I begin to worry. I begin to have those doubts and those struggles. What I love about this passage, what I love about this whole interaction with Thomas is that it gives me the freedom to stand at the front of church and say this to you. It's okay to have doubts and worries. It's okay. Jesus did not banish Thomas. We still have Thomas in our Bibles. He wasn't etched out at all. It's okay for those of you who are a little bit older maybe to have grown despondent disengaged too many occasions where things haven't gone maybe how you wanted them to 
you younger ones sat up there, it's okay sometimes to wonder if it's worth all the effort. If some of the ridicule we face, the decisions we have to make, is it worth it? I don't want to assume that each of you is Thomas. So many other characters, Judas, Barabbas, Thomas, all of the disciples, Pilate, the guards. The Easter story is an amazing, eclectic collection of lives crashing together over a weekend. That encourages me because it tells me that the gospel message is for everybody. No matter what our shortfallings are, be them doubting to betrayal, denial, whatever it might be, there's something of this story for each of us. A very real realization that God hasn't stopped anyone from meeting with his son. As I said, though, I am drawn to Thomas. I can't help it. I'm drawn to the character because for me, he is incredibly human in amongst all this amazing stuff. In amongst everything that's happening, from them running around the garden, chasing each other to be the first to the grave after Mary said to them that Jesus isn't there, to them seeing Jesus appear, to this very real conversation where he's been left out. He wasn't there when it all happened. Skepticism kicks in, doubt. You know what? It's so unlikely that what you're saying is true. I will shove my hand in the side of Jesus if he appears. You know what? I'm not proud of it, but I get to that stage sometimes. You know what, God? I don't know if you can get involved in this anymore. It's too outrageous. I rein it in a little bit. It'd be very easy for this to become a message of condemnation. A message that we just kind of go, oh my gosh, I've eaten so much chocolate today, the last thing I needed is to hear this. But this is not that kind of message. It's turning a corner pretty quickly. This is a message of encouragement, of hope, and I genuinely believe of huge challenge to us. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hand, put my fingers where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, can you imagine the moment? Again, we get caught up because we read the whole story and sometimes I think we forget that these are humans, these are individuals doing real life and these things are happening before them. So suddenly, they're talking and they become aware of Jesus' presence. I imagine at that moment, Thomas progressively just edged his way back into the crowd. I imagine at that moment, as Jesus spoke, The familiarity of his voice, the realization it really was him, sunk in. I'm fairly sure at this point Thomas had stopped doubting. But then, then he turns directly to you, directly to me, directly to Thomas, and speaks to him. 
engages him in conversation, stood face to face with the risen Jesus. In that moment, in that moment, it moves from that question, is Jesus enough, to the realization that Jesus is enough. It moves from a question to an answer. I pray for each of us that we would come to that place. Maybe it was communion. Maybe it'll be in your own prayer times. Maybe it'll be just listening to Thomas move through this story. But there will be that moment of clarity for you. That this goes from just being a story that we hear year after year. A tradition that we upkeep to a very real realization that this was a game changer, as Mark said this morning. This was a real encounter. Those of you who have heard me speak before will know that I quite enjoy when Jesus starts speaking. Because often it disarms a situation. Even more often, it leaves us with a challenge. Jesus responds with this. Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus didn't just present himself before Thomas. Jesus didn't just show up. Now, whether Thomas had to put his hand into Jesus' side or not, I'll leave you to draw your own conclusions. But what Jesus did very clearly is he asked Thomas to move. Jesus reappeared, yet he asked Thomas to engage with him. Jesus had proven that he was enough, and yet he asked Thomas to act. It's one thing for Thomas to have witnessed Jesus alive. It was one thing for Jesus to erase the doubt that was maybe within Thomas's mind about whether he was enough, but it was another thing Another thing for him to confirm it with the call to action. It's where the challenge for us lies. Jesus isn't finished with us once he's shown up. For those of you who have accepted him, who would say your salvation is secure in him, he's not just showing up to save you. As we see with Thomas, he's coming to save you And to call you into action. To call you from doubting to believing. From skeptic to follower. Jesus is calling us into action still today. Jesus is enough. A simple enough statement. Thomas saw him risen, but was that enough? I'm going to suggest no. I'm going to suggest at that moment it wasn't. Jesus is enough because he engages with us. Because he wants us to play our part in all of this. Had Jesus not invited Thomas to do the very things Thomas had said he would have to do to believe in Jesus, it would leave loopholes 
I can just imagine it two weeks later, Thomas, I cannot be bothered with this speaking in front of people, Malachi. Jesus never returned. You saw him. Actually, I said, if he's back, I'm going to shove my hand in his side, and I never did. Jesus is so determined for us to be a part of this, so determined to prove that he is enough, that he will not leave those loopholes for us. It reminds me, encourages me daily, that when I'm in those prayer places, I can be audacious in my requests. I can be outrageous for the things I ask for. Why? Because when Jesus delivers, he delivers in full. He paid the entirety of the price on the cross. And when he returned and he stopped Thomas doubting and turned him to a believer, he did it the very way Thomas asked for proof. The challenge is this for us, for all of us. Will we be moved to action? Do we like just coming and spending an evening together in a church? Bit of communion, tea and coffee afterwards. If we're lucky, there's cake left over. Is that enough for us? Because the risen Jesus demands more than simply just gathering for the sake of it. The risen Jesus wants us to gather And then he wants us to go, to be active, to be moved, to believe enough to make a difference. For some of us, it's the first question, is he enough for us to believe? Mark raised this this morning seamlessly. For some of us, there's a bridge to cross between unbeliever to believer, from hearing these stories to believing them true for ourselves. For others... It's to believe he's enough to reawaken our prayer lives. I have no shame in embarrassing Trevor. I am fired up every time Trevor prays. Because there is a man who is audacious in his prayers. I want to be like that. I want to believe Jesus is enough for me to make those requests publicly so that people see them. Because I believe Jesus will come through. For some of you, the hardest question is believing Jesus is enough to save the ones you love. The people in your lives that you wish were here with you. Family maybe that live abroad, that you don't see as frequently as you would love to. Do you believe he's enough to save them? Is Jesus enough to stir you into action? Because in amongst all his doubt, And amongst the outrageous statement, Thomas is not dismissed for his doubts and his worries and his fears. It's okay to be real with where you are. Instead, we see Thomas scooped up and moved into action. Loved into action. Released into action. But as I close, I don't want to look past this final statement that Jesus makes. Because again, we could read it as a very challenging condemnation or we could read it as a wonderful inspiration. Jesus says this, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
I don't know about you, and I want you to hear this whole sentence before you throw anything at me, but I don't want to spend my entire life responding to Jesus. I don't want to spend my entire life waiting for him to do something so I can take another step, and then waiting for him to do something and take another step. I want to just keep going. I want to just keep believing he's enough. I don't want to always wait to check on him, check that he's keeping up with me. I just want to keep going. I want to keep plowing forward. I don't want to be one of those people that spends their entire lives watching Jesus at work in the lives of others. I don't want to just watch you guys do amazing things. I don't want to just hear Trevor's prayers. I want to be doing the amazing things. I want to be praying those prayers with the belief that Jesus is at work today. I've always said it. I have no shame in saying it. I want to live a life that's worthy of writing a book. Because right now it's a dull autobiography. There's some highlights. I've done some pretty cool things. But the challenge I find when I listen to the story of Thomas is, am I doing something with the fact that Jesus is enough? Am I living a life for him that's worthy of other people talking about? Can I be the inspiration to others through the way that I live out his love? Thomas gives us a very real realization. We will have bad days. We will have doubts and worries and fears. We will have times when we question the very core of what we believe. Is Jesus enough? And what we see is that he's not just brought back in. There's not just a pat on the head and a sympathetic, oh, Thomas, There is an ugly, hand-in-the-side embrace from Jesus himself. And then the reassurance that he can still play his part. He can still live out the love of Jesus in his life. So whether you find yourself questioning your very belief structure or wondering whether you can still play a part in the game, maybe you're just desperate to make a difference. The Easter story, in amongst some amazing messages of salvation, reminds us that God is for humanity. Wherever we are on the scale, however we view ourselves, from Judas, Barabbas, Peter, Thomas, none of us are disqualified. All of us are covered because Jesus was and is.